Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench on this sunny Saturday evening. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a very, very busy weekend of sport. We will have the latest from the Gaelic Grounds into the finishing stages now between Cork and Clare for you in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to look ahead to the big Munster final tomorrow. Cork and Kerry down in Killarney. We'll hear from Cork boss Ronan McCarthy. We'll also hear from Cork's Luke Connolly ahead of the Munster final tomorrow as well. We'll chat with Cork City manager Colin Healy ahead of a big game for Cork City in the FAI Cup up in Sligo tomorrow. Cove Ramblers have a new manager. We'll hear from him, Darren Murphy, on the show as well. And Rob Heffernan will be joining us to chat all about the Olympics. All that to come, plus plenty more between now and 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It is Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a busy, busy weekend of sport. you got the Cork Hurlers in action, the Cork Footballers in action, Cork City in action, Cove Ramblers in action and the small matter of the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo ongoing and underway with loads of Irish athletes involved today as well. Uh, Cork have got another goal I can just see in the hurling in the last couple of minutes, which is fantastic. Uh, Shane Barrett getting the latest goal for Cork there. Uh, Patrick Horgan has added a point now as well and um, it is into the final minutes there and it is Cork 3.19 to Clare's 22 points so it looks to be okay for Cork there in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship qualifiers against Clare today. Uh, the earlier goals for Cork coming from um, Shane Kingston and Jack O'Connor as well and uh, we'll get you a final score from that game as soon as we can and hopefully we'll have um, reaction to that match uh, just a little while again now Clare have added another point now and it is uh, Cork 3-19 Clare 23 points uh, Clare point from play there in the last few seconds as well so uh, Cork on course for victory there it's into the uh, it's into injury time there really and uh, we'll keep you up to date on the score on that in just a few minutes elsewhere plenty going on today sports wise around um the country and indeed around the world elsewhere in Gaelic Games Waterford are through to the All-Ireland Hurling Qualifier Hurling Hurling Quarterfinals 11 points from the stick of Stephen Bennett helped them see off Galway uh, 320 uh, 130 to 320 at Semple Stadium earlier on today Joe Canning he scored 9 points for Galway to become the top scorer in Hurling Championship history isn't that some going from Joe Canning and uh, elsewhere then Derry and Offaly will contest next weekend Christy Ring Cup Final Division 2 League Champions Offaly were 6-30 what a big score 6-30 to 11 points winners against Wicklow in Tullamore today while Derry overcame Sligo by 28 points to 217 in the other semi-final meanwhile Kilkenny have made it two wins from two in the All-Ireland Camogie Championship Katie Nolan and Miriam Walsh scored second half goals as they beat Westmeath by uh, 217 to 111 and Wexford had a 4-10 to 15 point win over Offaly at Wexford Park. Uh, then in the TG Cahar All-Ireland Ladies Football Championships it's going to be a Cork and Waterford meeting as we speculated on the show last week we thought it would be Cork will play Waterford in the quarterfinals of the All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship the Dacia they booked their place in the knockout stages today with a 3-16 to 12 points win against Tyrone and Armagh will play Meath in the quarterfinals while Mayo will face their neighbours Galway and as we said Cork in action right now into the closing stages 
Uh, 37 minutes on the clock there it is Cork 319 in the hurling qualifiers and Clare 123 um, so uh, Cork are down to 10, 13 players there now as well but uh, it is deep into injury time there so looks like Cork have wrapped up the victory versus Clare and uh, we'll get you the full time from there uh, very very shortly the Olympics of course as I mentioned are ongoing as well and Rob Heffernan is going to be on the show Rory was chatting to Rob Heffernan so he's going to join us uh, in just a little while we'll hear that interview but um, it was a, a largely positive day I think today uh, not totally positive but a largely positive day for Ireland at the Olympics for Team Ireland Ireland's hockey team they got off to the perfect start in their maiden Olympic games Sean Dancer's side uh, they opened their pool campaign with a 2-0 win against South Africa in Tokyo Roisin Upton and Sarah Torrens scoring the goals there for the 2018 World Cup finalists meanwhile the Roars uh, Paul O'Donovan who we're all very familiar with he's not with his brother Gary this time but he is partnered up with Fintan McCarthy another West Cork man so Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy uh, say they're not too concerned by medal expectations after they cruised into the rowing semi-finals today the European men's lightweight double skulls champions won their heat by four seconds so uh, well done to Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. Elsewhere, Reese McLennan, he had the highest, se- uh, the second highest score overall in qualifying for the men's pommel horse final um, on Sunday week. So he is into that. Uh, elsewhere, featherweight in the boxing, Kurt Walker. He got the boxing team off to a winning start, earning a unanimous decision in his last 32 bout against Spain's Jose Quiles. But uh, unfortunately, Jack Woolley suffered a surprise defeat in the taekwondo. So we were uh, all very disappointed for Jack Woolley. But uh, fair play to him. A good performance nonetheless. Uh, the Dubliner was edged out by Lucas Guzman of Argentina and uh, Jack Woolley now can no longer win a gold medal in the event there. The Lions in action at the moment as well. Uh, the Lions up against South Africa in their first test in Cape Town. And uh, let's get you the latest score from that one now as well. Uh, just into the second half there now between um, South Africa and the British and Irish Lions and it is still South Africa leading the Lions 12 points to 3 the score there at the moment so the Lions will be hoping to turn that around in the second half and uh, fingers crossed they can and we will hopefully uh, have some reaction to that game on the show tomorrow evening as well and it is full time now up at the Gaelic grounds in Limerick and I can tell you uh, great news for Cork a good win for Cork today in uh, round 2 of the Senior Hurling Championship in the qualifiers it is Cork 3 19 Clare 123 the full time score there and uh, hopefully we will get some reaction to that later on in the show and uh, we will certainly have reaction to it on tomorrow's show but uh, a great win for the Rebels there Cork 319 Clare 123 and hopefully it might be another win for the Rebels tomorrow in the football because it is Munster final day tomorrow down in Killarney and uh, it's just a shame that it can't be a full house there on such a beautiful uh, sunny weekend it will be a limited crowd there but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure thousands of Cork people are heading down to Killarney tomorrow regardless uh, we'll just be around the town we'll drink in the pubs we'll watch the match on big screens and just soak up the Munster final atmosphere uh, probably they should be allowed more in the stadium but they're not as of yet we're going to hear now from Cork boss Ronan McCarthy uh, we're going to have a preview of the match uh, we'll hear from him and also from Cork forward Luke Connolly but it is Ronan McCarthy first he has given us his thoughts ahead of the Munster final against Kerry and Killarney tomorrow and he started off by reflecting on their semi-final win over Limerick I felt um, 
it was a workmanlike performance and they're difficult games they're a game that you know Cork go back to me when I was playing and go back to 2010 it's a game that Cork have found difficult over the years and I thought we did it with, with the minimum of fuss and it was probably as comfortable victory we've had up there um, as long as I can remember so it, you know not everybody was was pleased with it um, you know but we got the job done um, we were never in trouble we kept them at arm's length and having watched it back on video you know I, I, I feel the same way about it now but as I said we got everybody off I think on time that, that needed to come um, obviously you know for us you know we're sore on, on, on the Tuesday um, after the game um, but yeah guys have you know we've, we've all those guys are fine and we've everyone back as well in relation to you know Liam O'Donovan Marshall Lee Colm McCallan so you know our panel has been strong for for the two weeks since the Limerick game and um, it just helped us obviously from the point of view of selection competition for places and um, you know and brings a bit more as was experience back into the squad as well in that all three of those have either played Munster Championship against Kerry in 2019 or 2020 this the weekend no yeah, no. We, no we'll play a game among ourselves um, very difficult we, we wouldn't be against the game but it's very difficult to get to know most teams are out you know we're down to really the yeah. the, the last eight so um, so yeah you know look, the challenge games are great we, we, we play Tipperary and Tyrone they're great um, there's nothing like them you know and you're, you're testing you know the tip game you're putting out guys you know and Conor Sweeney Michael Quinlivan and you know Tyrone Darren McCurry's playing and um, you know you see how your cornerback is going you then let's say you look at McCurry in the in the, the game against um, Cavan you know he's flying and uh, you know so it gives you kind of context about how your we own team are going I, I you know they, I found them since I've been involved I found them hugely beneficial Tyrone we felt was very beneficial um, because you know they're, they're strong physical side and you know they're defensively well set up and you know it, it probably mirrored a bit what 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 Limerick did on Sunday one kind of thing about them has been and I go back to when I was playing if you're going out playing a challenge match you know um, two or three weeks out of the championship and, and, and if you're playing badly you're going to lose your place so so players know um players know that they have to perform and I suppose the other side of it is you know top teams and top players always perform no matter what the setting is be a training challenge game or whatever and um, so look there's no question that as the games go on the challenge games go on you know they probably certainly after the second water break where a lot of teams have made changes you know maybe they pace themselves down a bit and they get a bit broken and disjointed certainly I would say any challenge match we've ever played you know there's 45 50 minutes of revaluing them um, and and it also I the other beauty about them is that they can you can control the number of minutes that players are getting. You know, so um, you know, the strong game for example, you know, we were just managing Brian Hurley as an example and we were able to control the amount of minutes he got in that match. So I have found them hugely beneficial as a player and, and, uh, and as a manager and I, I think this notion that fellas go out and, and aren't that interested, um, you know, maybe it was the way in the past twenty years ago, but you go out now and you don't perform, you know, some of the fellas going to take your place. I don't know how they change much. I think I think they're you know, I think they're a quality side. I said the same thing about them last year. Um they're a real quality side and, and that's why we were, you know, really pleased to beat them last year. Um, because, you know, obviously Cork hadn't beaten the top eight team in, in, in the seven or eight years 
So not only we beat the top A team, we beat a, we beat a top two team, you know, um, with, with, with real, real quality and and over 90 minutes as well, you know. Um, so that that was real uh, feather in our cap. But the nature of it is you have to go and do it again. But listen, I've said it, um, you know, I'm not saying anything new here. They're, they're a top, top quality side. Um, and um, and have played with really really quality throughout the league, so it's a big challenge, but one we're looking forward to. Yeah, but I, I don't, you know, I don't think that that they have the monopoly on hurt, you know. And you look at ourselves. Obviously, we were very disappointed not to not to win Munster last year, and you know, did there's a huge motivation in this team to be successful. Part of that is is, is winning, you know, com- competitions and and um, obviously a provincial a provincial championship is part of that. So. Um, you know, look, teams, all teams have different, you know, have different motivations and and, and heart and and everything else, um, and and I suppose that's for them to 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 to, to look after from their side. But we have a highly motivated side, and you know, I go right back to when we were relegated in in 19 to Division Three. You know, um, like we ended up playing Dublin in the Super Eights, like four in a row champions in Crow Park in 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 the first round of Super Eights, and. What was very apparent then is that you know the players absolutely relished the challenge of going up there and playing them, and um, the type of games that they want to be involved in, you know, against top teams and you know in, in big matches, and and it's nothing different again, you know, on Sunday for for the for the game against Kerry, um, you know, massive occasion, fantastic team we're playing against, fantastic opposition, but that's what we're all involved for to actually test ourselves against against the best teams, and um, and I believe that we have the you know the quality. I said this previously. You know that I believe we have the quality to, to challenge all the best teams. You know, or at least at least here a small bit possibly has been our inconsistency over maybe certainly my first two and a half years in charge. But, but we've won 12 of our last 14 competitive matches. You know, and I, I, I think that element of, of our inconsistency is is, is is you know is going. And if it's not gone, it's nearly gone. And um, and I've always felt that. Right back to the let's say Toronto and Dublin games and the Super Eights in 2019. You know, we played fantastic football that day against Dublin. And um, yeah, they pulled away at the end, but we were well in it for for 62, 63 minutes and played with real quality. You know, against an outstanding team, another outstanding team. So this is where we want to be. So you know, listen, it's going to be the same next year. Whoever's standing here, you know that you're going to be up against these teams. They're they're, they're top quality sides and they're a huge challenge but that's why we're here you know the thing about the Limerick performance last week was that you know even when they got back to four points they got back to four points a couple of times and I thought we actually controlled it quite well you know we we, I suppose reset won our kick out went down the pitch tacked on a score and and you know they're the little small things that, that I suppose we've benefited from 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 last year. Had no interest in there was not a lot of talk of that you know and we've noticed it now about ambushes and coming in under the radar yeah. and you know I know I've no interest in picking them up to be you know massive favourites and they're you know we're no hoppers. We're, we're happy to, to take the game on its merits. Yeah. And and you know without r- repeating myself but they are a quality team we know that. Um, we acknowledge that we acknowledge their quality, um, but uh, I suppose we would feel that you know we could have played better in, in the game last year um, as well, um, and certainly up front uh, we could have played better. And you've seen elements in the league there, you know, where we've played really really well up front, but maybe got the balance wrong defensively. Thought we rectified that a bit, um, you know, in the game against Limerick. Um, but whatever way you you, you personalise it. This is going to be a difficult game, 
Uh, I think it's going to be a great occasion. I think it could be a great game, and um, and we're you know it's where we want to be. I don't know how the game will go. I I, I think that you know the top the top teams, the Kerry, the Dublins, um, you know while they play nice football up front, you know they they never leave their defence open or exposed. Um, they're quite happy to bring 15 players back into into their own half at times if they need to, and. Um, there, there's a kind of a narrative out there that all the top, the, you know, top teams that play total football all the time, and that they leave us as open at the back is quite the opposite, actually. Um, so it could become a very cagey game. I don't know. Um, I, you just don't know. And sometimes the games take on a life all of their own. And um, you know, even go back to the game in '18. That you know, if you go back to the first 15, 20 minutes of that game, there was goals flying everywhere, and it, you know, it was it was very helter skelter. Which, which probably didn't suit us, um, you know, on, on, on the day. Um, so, you know, hard, hard to know. What I would say is, um, you know, any, any any top team isn't going to leave themselves open at the back um, on Julie. So, like we had Nathan Walsh, who didn't make the 26. You know, fully fit. Um, no, has been out injured through the league, but was back fully fit. Um, had been training for a couple of weeks. Nathan played. You know, started in the 2019 championship. Um, game against Kerry, uh, you obviously Sean White, who played throughout the Super 8s, I would say arguably was our best player um, in the Super 8s, certainly against Dublin and Tron, he was outstanding in both those matches. Um, but I, I suppose the nature of it is, um, you know, that, that there's a lot of competition there, um, and, and it's only what it's going to get with, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Liam coming back, um, Liam Cullum, um, Mark Hanley, obviously, who played last year. So that's the nature of it. It's something we've spoken to the players a lot about that, you know, at, at elite level and high level sports, it, it's part of, you know, every time you come in, you have to perform. Um, Come back to the point earlier about challenge games, you know, when you come to training, you have to perform. And um, But I think Sean is, is a really, really quality player and he's shown that and I think he can get back to that level again. But um, him and other fellas, obviously, they've worked it out. And you see, what you want here is, you know, unless we're straight and honest about it, you look at the forward line, the start of the last day, you'd look, you'd say Brian Hurley, you had uh, Daniel Janine. I know, you know, if you had a column and you come back into the mix, you, you know, you, if you had, you, you know, Damien, but what you want is you want guys challenging each other, um, you know, and a guy looking over his shoulder saying, you know, if I don't raise my game here, someone else is going to get in. And, and that's what we want and that's what we try to develop. And you look back there, like even a full back, you know, you Daniel Manu, I thought was outstanding in the Limerick match. You know, you Shanley, who played really well there against Kerry last year. Brian Murphy has come into the panel. You know, he's in what about ten weeks now, and um, looks very comfortable at the level. So, so what you see is that you know it's constantly evolving. You know, we we've lost Lockery. You know, and you said to yourself, who's going to fill that void? And suddenly, you know, we've now three players that say vying for for that position and, and all very capable, you know? Look, it, 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 it'll be a, a, another step in the right direction, I think, for um, for, for this group and for, for Cork football in general. Um, you know, look, ultimately, we want to be back at the top table and we want to be at the top of the top table. Um, that's where we want to be. Um, and so a Munster, winning a Munster championship doesn't, you know, obviously isn't in All-Ireland, but it's, it, it's certainly, again, I suppose, objective, Proof that you are heading in the right direction, and um, but obviously there's a lot of football to be played before um, before we get to that point. 
That is Cork football boss Ronan McCarthy giving us his thoughts ahead of the big game in Killarney tomorrow. The Munster final. And it's going to be beautiful weather down in Kerry uh, for tomorrow's game. It's proper Munster final day just without the, the massive crowd in the stadium. But as we said, uh, I'm sure you'll have the massive crowd uh, certainly around Killarney tomorrow. <laughs> uh, right, uh, it was great for the Cork hurlers. We're hoping the footballers will uh, follow in their footsteps tomorrow. Good win for the hurlers today. Cork 319, Clare 123 was the final score. Just finished up there uh, about 10 minutes ago at the Gaelic Grounds up in Limerick. Cork 319 at Clare 123 and hopefully we will get you some reaction from that before the end of the show. If we get it before 7pm we will certainly bring it to you but right now we're going to stick with the footballers and the Munster final tomorrow and now we'll hear from Cork forward Luke Connolly and he's uh, he's shared his thoughts with us ahead of the Munster final as well and he started off by looking at the importance of the semi-final win over Limerick. The, the, the cliche is the semi-finals are for winning. Um, you know, I think if we were to try to pick out the best semi-finals the past number of years, we've struggled to pick one or two like stop. Um, look, the result was all we cared about regardless of the whole game. But, uh, obviously there's positives and negatives, but as we said, semi-finals are for winning. Uh, look, I just I just think it was a difficult game the way Limerick played with the amount of men they played behind the ball. You know, I, I do think against Kerry we will be able to move a bit more fluid up top. Um, do you know, I don't think Kerry will respect us as much as Limerick did in terms of, of floating bodies back, so that might actually suit us in a way of opening up the pitch. Um, look, we have to look at it from a defensive standpoint. We, we restricted them to 11 points, which which is a big step for us, given the Westmead and Clare game, where um, we're really a lot of, of easy scores. So, you know, that's probably a positive outweighing the negative. You know, you probably sacrifice the community up top to kind of... You know, to, to stop the leaking scores, so, um, which is something we're going to have to do the next day, regardless. You know, so, um, I, do, I do think we'll be able to kind of move the ball a bit easier the next day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not to the detriment of our, of our defensive stability, people say. I, I, to be honest, look, it, it was a big step for us to get a, a, a win against a top four side. You know, it was something that, that we handled on for quite a while. So, look, there's that in the back of the mind as well that we are capable of beating, beating the big boys, we'll say. Um, at the same token, I wouldn't rely on it too much. You know, it's it we're four offices this year, we're back into summer football, conditions are different, um, the panels are very much different. Um Kerry are not gonna line up the way they did that night and, and neither are we so um, yeah. Look, it was a great result last year for us, but it was last year. You know, and it's historical at this stage, so um, we're very much focused on this year as as one of one. Like the, your last game was, our last game was for four or five months. I remember training out here on our on our own for I think it was the 14 week period there where we had an SNC course. So it did look it stung, you know, for for a few who've been in the panel quite a while. You know, it was kind of painted as a golden opportunity for us to get to get silverware. Um, but that was that was last year. We're, we're in the muscle final again this year, so we can't really be dwelling on it. We've no opportunity to to kind of break that mold. So um, yeah, we'll we'll park it for now again. Yeah, look from a personal standpoint, it was it was uh, yeah it was bitterly disappointing. You know, um, to be honest, I hadn't felt physically well that whole period. To be honest, coming back from the club championship, I think the length of the club championship and the first lockdown, we probably didn't do enough work SNC wise. So. A lot of us were carrying knots, you know, different fatigue injuries going into that. So um, the most annoying thing is that was probably the fittest I felt on the day and the injury had done hadn't been one I'd been suffering from the past few weeks, so it was a complete fresh. So um, yeah, it looked very disappointing, but um, you know, we did have 
as I said, 14 weeks there to kind of make ourselves as robust as possible. So I'd like to think that is uh, in the past. Look, it's a stressful environment as well, you know, with such a short time or knockout football. You know, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the stress of it and to see it from a negative standpoint. So um, I don't think it's, it's easier. I think it's a fantastic escape, but um, I do think the calendar that was put in front of us has been difficult. You know, you're constantly scrambling, you're constantly trying to make up. You know, there's a fear of an injury, pick up a knock, close contact, God forbid you actually pick up the virus itself. You know, there's a lot of factors that can end your season and with the calendar that could end the whole season for it. So, um, look, it's difficult, but look, we have a fantastic bunch. We believe made a good team with us in, in, in the dock. Brian O'Connell, Kev Smith, you know, who looked after us and we kind of seem to be getting bodies back at the right time of the year. Um, but yeah, look, I, I suppose it'd be easy to say, yeah, it's great, but, but it, look, it has been difficult then. I imagine all the other players have left that, you know, trying to balance what's going on outside the sport as well. So, um, I think we've had to be even more disciplined. You would think it would be the opposite, but yeah, discipline is, is definitely a, a high high primary you have to have now. So, as a forward, scoring is your currency. You know, I'm, I'm great on scoring, I'm not great on how many blocks or tackles they make as, as much as that's a uh, help to the team. So, um, I'd love a shooter if it meant I get loads of scores and we win. Um, but basically, that's not the way the sport is played. And, you know, I don't fancy getting in a shooter with a Kerry Fordling, with like Sean Shane, Clifford, who will lap that up. So, um, yes, I'd like to be scoring. Um, but I think, to be honest, when you get to this level, there's enough fellas can tap over four or five points in the game. Do you know, if, if every forward is putting in three scores a game and is also contributing in the, in the back line with the tackle or turnover, um, that's going to stand to us as opposed to the one guy who kicks 10, 12 points to the detriment of his man then setting up a few scores on the other side. So, as I said to you, as a forward, our currency is scores. Do you know, I want to be contributing on the scoreboard as much as I am from a defensive standpoint, which wouldn't be my, my go to. So, as I said, you know, just does a big day there in, in, in Clarny in two weeks that um you know, they're probably the days where if you're gonna shine there are days to do it. So um, I'm hoping to get the, the blanks out of the way, you know, and, and push forward to, to Sunday. And I, I think look I think every player does you know, there are days you want to be involved in there are days you want to play. You know, as much as the pressure or, or you can get kind of wound up in, in the stress you push. Um I don't know, look it's just something personally to me. I always kind of love getting involved in those days or it's just something I, I I'm not one that gets nervous, we'll say, you know, and that's not just being, I suppose, cocky or anything, it's just a case I don't actually physically feel nervous going to get out that. Um, you know, football is what we love to do, we do it for the pure joy of it, so, you know, I just, I kind of feel it's wrong to get so stressed up about something that we do, you know, as, a, as an escape. You know, obviously you remember the Kerry game last year where the debate was, was I right to take the shot or not? Obviously, Marquine saved me in that sense. Um, but, and it was only Ronan Luton recently, the kind of justification came in the weekend when we watched Donegal and Derry, where Derry spent, I suppose, the three minutes, a very similar to us, where they had three minutes and they worked it to try to get the perfect shot. Yeah. And ended up without even taking a shot, the ref on the whistle. So, um, yeah, look, it, it, I suppose it works against and for me. There's games there where, let's say, if I was looking at the stand, I'd say, well, they'll either get him off or will he stop shooting? Yeah. Um, but as I said, look, as a forward, you want to score. And, and a quote that they probably are sick of hearing me say out here is, is you don't kick the miss, you know. So um, it stands here, but once the, the, the next one goes over, you know, so. Um, yeah, I think Ronan wouldn't be too pleased with that view on it, but, um, but yeah, look, as a forward, you kind of have to have thick skin, so yeah. you have to be confident um, and back yourself in those situations. Like, yeah. Do you know, it's as simple as this, I just want to win in a, in a red jersey, do you know, I just want to have success in a red jersey, it would, it would mean the absolute world 
to, to bring a cup back to Cork, but I suppose uh, it's an absolute privilege to wear a jersey. I've loved every minute playing with Cork, but you know, there comes a time when you do want to have success or you know, when you want to have something to show for the amount of effort that, that this group has put in. So, um, look, we'll focus on it as a game and not get too big up in it, but look, it is the final. Somebody wants to win the cup, and, and we, we're not going to show you. In fact, we want to win win a monster and kind of bridge that gap that's been there for quite a while, do you know, and I do think we have a group that can do that, but um, yeah, look at that, a lot of story for us. You look at last year, the performances of the likes of Morris and, and Chami and fans who are, they have no fear going into these games, they have no past, I suppose, bad memories to go into these places where it's, it's, it's their first opportunity and, and they relish it, so um, I do think that stands yet, do you know, it's, it, you could probably put down somewhat inexperienced, but at the same token, those fellas have no fear going into a game like that. Um, and I think you only have to look at Boris or Sean Mean Lash and the forms they put in in a very similar situation to that. So, um, yeah, I think it, it would stand here more so. That is Cork forward Luke Connolly speaking to us ahead of the Munster football final tomorrow. Cork and Kerry down in Killarney tomorrow afternoon. It is going to be a cracker and hopefully it'll be a good weekend all around for Cork because the Cork hurlers uh, getting things off to a good start today uh, for the weekend with a 3.19 to 1.23 win over Clare uh, up in the Gaelic grounds in Limerick and we will hopefully, uh, certainly if we get it before 7, we'll bring you some reaction to that game. Uh, just update you with the Lions as well. Uh, close game now for the British and Irish Lions against South Africa. The latest score, 6 61 minutes on the clock over in South Africa. It is the Springboks 17, the British and Irish Lions 16. So just a point in it, 17-16 in that game at the moment. Now, as I said, hopefully we will bring you some reaction to the hurling. But before that, we are turning our attentions to the Olympics next. And uh, we updated you a little while ago on um, the, the varying degrees of, of success and sorrow for Team Ireland today. Uh, we're going to hear from a man who has a huge experience of the Olympics. Rob Heffernan is going to be joining us in just a few minutes' time. We're also going to chat to Cork City manager Colin Healy ahead of their game up in Sligo in the FAI Cup tomorrow. And new interim co-ramblers boss Darren Murphy. We'll be hearing from him as well. All to come between now and 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Yeah, it's Colm O'Sullivan with you. It is the Big Red Bench until 7 o'clock here on Cork's Red FM on a very, very busy weekend of sport. As we said, a great win for the Cork Hurlers today. Uh, the full-time score up in the Gaelic Grounds. 319 to 123 in favour of Kieran Kingston's Rebels. And uh, hopefully that is the start of a good weekend all round for Cork. As we said, uh, the Cork footballers in action in the Munster final tomorrow against Kerry as well. And Cork City with a big FAI Cup clash against Sligo um, up in Sligo tomorrow evening as well at 5 we will be chatting in just a little while to Cork City manager Colin Healy ahead of that match of course uh, the FAI Cup a very special competition for Cork City which uh, they've uh, especially in more recent years in the last uh, 5 or 6 years have had a great relationship with um, and won it a couple of times in 16 and 17 so we'll chat to Colin Healy in just a little while but right now we're going to turn our attentions to the Olympics and as we mentioned uh, I suppose a mixed um, a mixed day for Ireland at the Olympics today but uh, it was uh, generally positive I think for Team Ireland at the Tokyo Olympics and uh, certainly um uh, not bad at all, really, um, overall today. And we're going to hear now a roundup of Ireland at the Olympics for Team Ireland at the Olympics from Will O'Callaghan, who was over in Tokyo. 
Ireland's women's hockey team are off to the perfect start at their maiden games. Sean Dancer's side have opened their pool campaign with a 2-0 win against South Africa in Tokyo. Roisin Upton and Sarah Torrance scored the goals for the 2018 World Cup finalists. Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy say they're not concerned by medal expectations after cruising into the rowing semi-finals. The European men's lightweight double skulls champions won their heat by four seconds. Afra Kyo, Emer Lam, Fiona Murta and Emily Hegarty qualified for the final of the women's four with a second place finish in their heat. While the men's heavyweight double skulls boat of Philip Doyle and Ronan Byrne got their campaign back on track by coming through the repage to qualify for tomorrow's semi-finals. Rhys McLenaghan got the second highest score overall in qualifying for the men's pommel horse final on Sunday week. Featherweight Kurt Walker got the boxing team off to a winning start, earning a unanimous decision in his last 32 bout against Spain's Jose Quiles. Jack Woolley, though, suffered a surprise defeat in the Taekwondo. The Dubliner was edged out by Lucas Guzman of Argentina and he can no longer win a gold medal in the event. Swimmer Ellen Walsh won her women's 100 metres butterfly heat, but her time wasn't enough for a place in the semi-finals. So that is a roundup of how Team Ireland got on today at the Olympics. And now we're going to hear from a man who has represented Ireland at quite a few Olympics, our one and only uh, Olympic legend. Well, he's not our only Olympic legend in Cork. He's one of a, a few Olympic legends in Cork, but uh, he is certainly uh, a great fellow. Rob Heffernan is going to join us now because, um, as we said, the Olympics uh, underway. And ahead of that, on Thursday, we had the FBD Olympic Roadshow and we were broadcasting live from the FBD Olympic Roadshow in Bishop Lucy Park in the city centre here in Cork on Thursday evening. And we had Olympians there. Kenneth Egan was there, our very own Sonia O'Sullivan and indeed Rob Heffernan. And of course, a man who who nearly made many's in Olympics but just fell short at the final hurdle. Rory O'Hagan was there for us as well and he caught up with Rob. And with Rob Heffernan here at Bishop Lucy Park uh, with the FPD Olympic uh, event. Uh, fantastic day, first off, Rob, isn't it? Oh, savage. I love it. I've, I've been loving it. I was in Spain for a couple of weeks and had to come home to this weather. It's uh, the best country in the world, isn't it? <laughs> it's certainly fantastic. How does this game, I suppose, compare preparing as a coach than an athlete? I, the kind of coach and athlete thing, it never bothered me because when I got to the end of my career, and if you're if you're honest and you're smart, you kind of go, okay, I've kind of done everything that I could do, and there was nothing else for me to achieve. And then when the graph starts turning down, it's like going, okay, I, I need this is the time to bow out. Mm. So I, I think when you start recognising younger guys coming through, and when you start recognising the really good attributes that they have that you took for granted that you had yourself, you're kind of going, okay, I, I, I might be getting tired or yeah, yeah. Like, and. No, I, and I love coaching guys who have that hunger and desire because I think the athletes when they're young they don't necessarily even know how hungry and motivated and how driven they are, you know. And so it's 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 completely different, but I can still live through them a little bit, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you've got five guys who talk us through them. Yeah, I'm professionally contracted with Norway with a Norwegian guy. So he is. He gets his programs made out by the federation, but in kind of mentoring him, he had problems with his technique, and he kept on getting disqualified. So this year, he hasn't been disqualified at all. So I've kind of fulfilled my role with him. He's competing in the 50k. Um, Brendan Boyce, he was sixth place in Doha. He's probably our biggest chance of getting close to a medal, which is going to be very tough. Um, David Kenny just won a medal at the European Under 23 Championships. So this is his first Olympics. The goal was win a medal at the Under 23. So I want him to go out and have a good rattle at this one, you know, and learn from it. I've Callum Wilkinson, a British guy. He was world junior champion. He's a really good chance of finishing top 10 and Wayne Snyman, a South African, the same. He's really good. And when you're in top 10 territory, with the conditions you don't know what's going to happen and they're all going really well so fingers crossed yeah exactly fingers crossed indeed overall what do you make the, the Irish team it's good it's young it's a 
I think it's kind of comparable to when when I went to Sydney and I think what you don't want to get caught up on is it's a young team it's a young team because when you look at the team organically came together sure the country's been shut down and events have been shut down for the past year and a half so it wasn't any master plan with going on camps and going here and there I think the lack of distractions in athletes lives made them really focused on what they had to do in their training so organically they became really fit and strong and then when the opportunity to compete opened up did so much more motivation you know and I think there's go- there's such an appreciation to be able to compete in the Olympic Games so that that's going to be the factor that they're going to get without the crowd but I think the big responsibility it's a young team if we get one or two semi-finalists we'd be doing well if we get one or two finalists we'd be doing well and if the guys perform in their events because it's such a huge competition but I think the responsibility afterwards on a high performance point of view is opening up the pathway for the the next Olympics is only three years away and not hide behind oh it's a young team it's a young these athletes have a lot of experience so you want them to kick on after the games and, and perform at their level at the games as well as you said it is the games like no other but I suppose for your guys there's not going to be much of a difference because they're on the roads anyway no, I, I, yeah, and I had to talk to him. Like even during lockdown last year, we we never we we still carry through all of the same cycles of training, and we put kind of performance indicators at the end of blocks of mm. training, and kind of made them accountable to the work that they did, and kind of go when the world opens back up next year, it will be easier then because you'll have more motivation. Mm. So we kind of worked on all of that last year. That it was like no, okay, it's it's not as if you're injured. It's the same for everyone. So if we can put in another year de- year's development, when the world opens back up before the Olympics next year you're going to be so happy that you're not doing another time trial yeah, or yeah. that you're not you know that, that there's actually going to be real competition so you can make a positive out of a negative as well Rory you know yeah and the lack of spectators in the streets I mean, like when you were competing did you appreciate the spectators when you were there to get you through to oh, the finish yeah, I, lo- I loved it there's different personalities some guys some guys are terrified of crowds mm. and you know being under pressure whereas I, I kind of needed it like I loved I loved the buzz I loved the buzz of the uh, cameras and the crowd shouting at the side but, but again if you address it beforehand there's going to be no surprises with this lads there's no one here the results and your performance is so so important and it's so important for athletes moving forward in regards to their funding as well so there's loads of opportunities there from and and it's not as if they're going to turn up mm. it's not like you're 21st and you're hoping that there's going to be a crowd and no one turns up you know there's going to be no one there so just get on with it yeah. like you know I was just speaking to Sonia there and we were speaking about Rosita Adeleke and her non-inclusion and she yeah. was quite annoyed about it and I think you were too as yeah, well yeah 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 it's a like, and no disrespect to any of the athletes who have been sent but when a talent like that comes along in any sport you need to have a bit of you need some cojones to make a decision and kind of go okay this girl is arguably if she's managed right she's going to be a superstar for us for the next 10 years and um, and I, I, I feel she should have been on the team because now is the time for her to go have a good rattle off the Olympics and bring her to Paris yeah. in a position where she could be okay this is your pathway for the next three years we, you, you need to be a potential medalist at the Olympics in three years time and, and we've missed that window with her now and she could go to Paris and there'll be the narrative oh she's young it's her first games and, no, she's a, and, and no expose her to it no she doesn't know any different and normalise excellence for her so look she's the fastest split of the team and look at all and look what she's done at the European Juniors and, and Juniors are fine but you want you want to have athletes competing at senior level you know On the eve of the Olympics now are you kind of reflecting on your own career and looking back at your own experiences at the Olympics? I, just yeah it's kind of nostalgic I think every kind of when I went to Sydney I was pure raw you know just, years ago, yeah, you a child, like. raw child like, like still a couple of earrings in my ear and <laughs> you know a fringe and a skinhead like uh, <laughs> coming from Cork and just but I think I think for 
the sports people in even with the ones here when I came away from Sydney it was just it was like a, an awakening for me seeing the other countries and seeing the other competitors and kind of going do you know why, why should Poland be good or why should he be good like do I have the uh, materials to be as good as them and, and started to try and figure it out so each cycle was different and then obviously London was my best one and, and like even Rio my last Olympics I was still sixth but yeah. I my, it, it wasn't at where I was and then it's time to bow out then because you're starting to decline and you know Outside of I suppose the athletics what other sports looking forward to watching? I, 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 like, I'd be a big boxing fan like so I, I yeah, I, yeah I, I, I love the boxing I always love boxing and um, I think with the Cork interest with um, Megan Ryan and the gymnastics and just kind of knowing her personally the gymnastics is always phenomenal to look at and I know my girls are in it and um, they're just phenomenal athletes and I think the fact that we have a Cork athlete in the Olympics and gymnastics now is going to bring the attention for that sport up mm. even bigger again so yeah I'm looking forward to watching that as well I was just talking to Sonia there about the, the all Cork panel and RT as well with her yourself and Sonia and Derville yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's just like just car greatness, like. But yeah, I didn't even think of that, Rory. Yeah. To be honest, you know. Fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> um, just while I have you as well, um, Cahill being on the the Cork City senior team, fantastic. Huge, huge, because obviously he was on trials all over Europe, and then um, the combat. I think Liam Kearney is a really, really good guy yeah. to have involved with Cork City, and I and I met Liam, and there was a possibility that Carl was going to sign in Europe. And I met Liam and I spoke with Liam for an hour and a half and he just has a really grasp, good grasp of sport and the development of, of the players and we were delighted when he signed in like, and he's in with the 19s, they have a big game tonight in Cove yeah. and obviously he's, you know, he was calling to the Irish 18 squad as well as the 17s and yeah. being on the bench in City, like, when we, you know, I'd have bringing him to the games growing up, it's a, it's but it's a box ticked in yeah. and you move on, you know, so yeah it is, it's great. I suppose the key for him is not to kind of rush his career and just kind of take it. No, no, and I, I, I think that's, that comes down to management at any level, when you when you expose somebody to something like do they adapt from it and grow and that's where you kind of go alright we'll put him in here and it was only two years ago when he joined Cork City from Ringman mm. I was like I don't know was he ready for the step up the League of Ireland and then when he went there he just kind of grew in that environment and then got called in so he is he's adapting to every environment but it's true you don't want to push him too much that they don't enjoy it but mm. the fact he loves it like he loves it and I think I think he finds the discipline side of the sport easy because he was brought up in such fucking regimented uh, a household in the yeah, sense yeah. that like him being in camps with us when he was younger made sleep during the day as a child because we had to sleep and whereas football is mm. is crack with the boys and he loves it it's, it's, he loves it like yeah that's good I suppose he's not yourself and Marion Shadren as well because it's going to be a different sport no he's his own man like he's but he's, he's good that way anyway I think anyone who meets him like that Cahill wouldn't even tell you that he plays he's just he's, yeah. he's, he's a modest young and my Meg as well my, Meg played the Irish under 19s this year like and, and she's a very different personality to Cahill like yeah. you know so but but I just think at any level when you find your level that you're always trying to kick on like so it's just a bonus that their level is good as well Rory you know that is Rob Heffernan, the legendary Rob Heffernan, uh, talking to Rory during the week about the Olympics and uh, just finishing up there talking about Cahill Heffernan, uh, his young fella who is playing with Cork City um, underage, but uh, certainly uh, he made the bench for the senior team very recently as well in the last couple of games and uh, big things ahead for Cahill, I think, as well, um, following in Rob's footsteps um, with a, a different sport, obviously, but in, in the in the sporting world. So uh, good to hear from Rob. Rob on the Olympics as always and uh, as you heard there it's going to be an all Cork uh, panel on the Olympics on telly and RT as well uh, it's Rob and it's Sonny O'Sullivan and it's uh, Dervil O'Rourke which is great uh, now mentioning Cork City we're going to chat about Cork City now because 
It is a big game for Cork City and I think uh, probably a welcome break from league action for Cork City tomorrow. It's the FAI Cup and uh, obviously City were FAI Cup winners in 2016 and 2017 when they won the double as well. Mm, Things not going so well for Cork City this season in the league but they'll be hoping the Cup will bring them a bit more success and a bit more luck maybe but they've got a very, very tough opening draw against Sligo Rovers who are up there battling at the top of the Premier Division along with St. Pat's and Shamrock Rovers and they're having their best season in many many years and I'm joined now ahead of that game tomorrow afternoon against Sligo Rovers for Cork City in the FAI Cup by Cork City manager Colin Healy Colin how's it going? Colin Moore yeah Not too bad at all uh, as I mentioned Colin it's going to be a tough one up in Sligo tomorrow Um. <laughs> Hey, listen, we're going into a difficult game against Lego. Listen, they're, they're flying at the moment. Um, so, listen, we've got, we've got a few extra days to prepare for the game. But it's, uh, we're going into a very, very difficult game Sunday. Um, so it's uh, one that we're looking forward to as well, of course. Yeah, Sligo are having their best season in about 10 years, Colin, and they're flying. They're up there in the title race, up at the top of the Premier Division. It's going to be a tough, tough game for City on Sunday, but um, it's actually probably one of the toughest draws you could have got, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. It probably is. Um, as I said, listen, they're flying at the moment. they got some very, very good players, obviously. they got the, you know, Gary Buckley is, is doing very, very well from at the moment. Greg Bulger, players that we know and obviously the lads they got some very good attacking options so it's going to be a very difficult game um, as I said listen we'll go into it as I said we'll be organised um, but um, it, it, it will be, it'll be a tough game it will be Do you think the game will be a welcome break from league action Colin obviously there's been a it's been a tough season and there's been a, a lot of frustrating results I suppose in recent weeks you had the game against Treaty leading at half time ended up losing it you had the game against Bray and Turner's Cross as well 2 nil up with 5 or 10 minutes left in the game and ended up drawing 2 all and then the nil all draw with Wexford um, having a player sent off up there last week so it's been a frustrating few weeks in the league so is it welcome will it be nice to to take a break for a couple of weeks from the league and, and to concentrate on something else like, like the FAI Cup? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that, Colm. i say, listen, it's another game of football that we want to win. Do you know what I mean? So it's like a league game or cup game. It probably ma- makes no difference to, to us, really. So, listen, we get focused. The boys have come in during the week. Listen, they um, listen in, in very, very hot conditions. It's um, We've got to be careful with the training load, that what we do for them. Um but it's um, no, it's it's another game. As I said, I know it's been frustrating the last few few the the home games and the, the game against Wexford. You know, it was difficult with Alec getting sent off, and you know another the the heat up there. You know, it was really really warm down to ten men. So listen, I thought we defended very very well. Probably you look at the game against Bray, we did we didn't see it out. Probably against Wexford, you know, we 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 held on and we got we got we got the point. You know, so it's um, but it's uh, we're going into a very tough game on on um against Lego on Sunday so it's um, it's uh, players looking forward to it and so am I yeah the FAI Cup is a special competition for Cork City I suppose and a, a competition that, that you know very well from from Cork, from your time at Cork City Colin I mean um, in recent years in particular huge success in the FAI Cup uh, four cup finals in a row in uh, 2015, 2016, 17 and 18 and winning the cup in the cup finals up in the Aviva against Dundalk in 16 and 17 um, I mean obviously 
times have changed a little bit now, um, quite a bit in, in more recent times. But um, the cup, the cup is a great competition for Cork City, as I mentioned, winning in sixteen seventeen. You go back to two thousand and seven. You go back to nineteen ninety eight, and the win up in Daly Mount. There's a great history with the FEI Cup involved in Cork City, um, and obviously you're part of that yourself. Do you feel that it would be great? Obviously, you'd love to go up and get a result. Do you think you can pull off a result, maybe in Sligo, and who knows, maybe put together a, a bit of a run in the cup? Yeah, we'd like we'd like that, Colm. We'd like that. But um, first of all, well, listen, it's 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 a very difficult game for us uh, against Lego. It is, as I said, they're a very very powerful team. As I said, listen, we'll go up there. We'll go up there with a game plan. We'll be ready for them. Um, as I said, over the over the years, that listen, we've been in many cup finals. We've won we've won it a few times as well, which is fantastic. Um, so it's Lego. So it's um, it's going to be a big game. Um, as I said, they're flying at the moment. You know, so listen, we're going up there. We're going up to play against a very, very um, good side. So um, we just need to be organised and, as I said, listen, have a game plan and and be ready for them. You know, so listen, hopefully we can go on and put on a performance Sunday against Lego and, you know, hopefully we can get in the next round. Anything to worry about injury-wise or anything like that, Colin? Obviously, it's been tough training, as you mentioned, in the heat um, for the last week or so. Anything injury-wise to update us on? No, no, no. At, at the moment, everybody seems to be fine. As I said, listen, this uh, with, with the warm weather we've been, um, we've been in earlier, training, and obviously we haven't been training for as long. So it's um, so it's just something that we need to keep an eye on, obviously, with the, with the heat with the players. Yeah, you mentioned there a while ago um, two ex-Cork City players up in Sligo, two players who had huge success with City and, and two players you played with yourself, um, Greg Bolger and Gary Buckley. And they're doing very, very well with Sligo now. You're, you're going to be reacquainted with them and they're flying up there, aren't they? Yeah, they do. They're, listen, they're two very, very good players. Listen, they, they were fantastic here for Cork City. As I said, I played with, I played with both of them. So, um, listen, Box is now in a, in a, in a centre-back. I think that's what happens when you get older, you start moving back, don't you? So, it's no, listen, he, he's had a fantastic season, um, you know, and it's great to see. As I said, Greg Bulger, he's, um, even when he came in here first, when it was when it was here, is that you could see straight away the quality that he brings. You know, he's, um, he's a leader on the pitch, and he's a very, very good footballer. He's, so, it's probably, they're, very, they're two big players for them, so we need to keep an eye on them. All right, Colin, listen, thanks for chatting to us. Best of luck up in Sligo and hopefully it'll be the start of a FEI Cup run for Cork City this season. Thanks, Colin. And Cove Ramblers then in action in the FEI Cup tomorrow as well before the City game. The City game is at five and I think the Ramblers game is at two o'clock. Cove Ramblers are taking on Liffey Wanderers in the FEI Cup um, and it's it's been a, a strange week for Cove Ramblers. They had a good win um, in the First Division last week against Cameron Seeley but then they parted ways with their manager Stuart Ashton during the week and Darren Murphy now has been installed as the interim Cove Ramblers manager um, certainly until the end of the season. We're going to hear now from Darren Murphy um, about taking over at a club he's been involved in for so long as the manager. Obviously, you know, look, it hasn't really sunk in yet, if I'm being honest, Aidan. Um, again, that'll probably be for, further on down the line. But for me, you know, first stepping into coaching, you know, I, I've served my time in the grassroots level. You know, I've really got in around other clubs and, you know, seen different styles and, and, and different brands of football over the last couple of years. And that stood to me, you know, like uh, so much, I suppose. And yeah, look, if you're asking me, I, 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 I hundred percent appreciate the opportunity that I'm in now. Not a lot of people get it, you know, and I will be taking it seriously, you know, and putting everything I have into it. We're looking forward to getting on the training ground and get start coaching the lads. Yeah, yeah, like um, you know, get it get in amongst them. That's that's where you'll find out, you know, 
what to to bring your style in, uh, into into the team, you know, and that's I, I do believe heavily on what you do in training, you know, is during the week will come out on a game at the weekend, you know. So um yeah, I'm 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 hoping that uh you know it's an energetic team, you know, lots of intensity and you know we play a good brand of football for the fans, you know. I think it's slightly easier that it's a cup game to start off with the fact that it being knockout football, you you have to get the win regardless of, of who's on the sideline. Yeah, de- definitely not easy. Anyway, that's the wrong that's the wrong word. Anyway, definitely not easy in the cup. Look, we all we all know that Man United go to you know Torquay there. They know it's not easy. So, uh, yeah, we're we're again like you know it's concentrating. Uh, making sure the lads are concentrated on Sunday and, and, and respect, you know, that it's FAI Cup. Any team that gets into that cup is going to be a good team. So, you know, you have to outperform every team to win the cup. So that's that's the level you have to start on. Whether you play the first game or the last game, you need to play the same, at the same standard, the same, you know, again, energy intensity, which I'm probably saying, you know, a lot. Yeah, so again, look, I, I, I'm not a major one for titles. I'm the same as well. You know, you're down as manager, but like, look at the end of the day, we're all coaches and, 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 and yeah, uh, Fran Rocket is, is coming in. Um, you know, I've, I've Connor Mead. I've Ken Hennessy, Stephen Quinlan in the background logistics. I've Willow Flaherty as a physio and it, it might, it might grow again. I think at this level you need like a, a big team with you. Yeah. And, and you need people in the background and you need people, you know, uh, you know, look, looking after. Everything, so I suppose the players don't have to do anything, you know, and they're they're ready to go out in that pitch, and that's what we're going to build here. I think. Look, let, let, let's be honest. Like we all know, football so, success is the, the the playoffs, and you know, getting up as high as you can the table, and again, you know, cup cup, and uh, see see if you can get a run in that. That's that's the success part, you know. But but for me, again, like you're looking at get, getting in, getting a team together. You know, we want to be able to play a good brand of football. We want to be able to, you know, go out and give a hundred percent. We want the, you know, fans coming in the door, you know, like can't wait to get in their seats and they know they're going to watch a good game tonight. You know, there's nothing better better than that. I don't think. I think. Look, we all go to games around, you know, uh, Cork at times, and there's some games that, like, you know, you you skip a dinner with the missus or something, whatever. You want to go to that and watch it, you know, and that's that's the kind of, uh, I suppose, atmosphere that we want to create at the moment. Yeah, I think first off, like I'll ask you know my players to to just give everything out on the pitch, you know, give everything they can, you know, energetic. As I said, you know, I want the intensity in the game. Everything else will come after that. Um, I think look, our our brand of football, you'll be able to tell after a couple of games. I, look, I like to play. I like to play football. I like to play attacking football. And you know, hopefully we can um, you know put up put all that together in the mix. But as I said. It takes hard work on the training ground first. So that's where we'll probably assess it. Every footballer, you know, starts out the dream. They want to play for, you know, United, Barcelona, Arsenal, whoever it is. They're watching games on the TV, you know. So again, like, look, that's that's what they start out to. And they, then they get to the, to the dream. Even you're looking at local lads. They're going to, like, a, a great standard of football down in Cove Ramblers, you know, uh, and... Some sometimes you might have a kid in, the, in in the crowd that might be playing there a couple of years later. I remember I was one. Used to go to Ramblers games with my dad, you know, and you know, the next thing you're playing there. Oh yeah, look, I I, I I built up a network over the last few years, like you know, and and that I kind of rely on that, you know. We'll 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 have information on them, you know. It's the same way they'll have the information on us. I'm sure, even they're in a different league as well. 
But look, I suppose, again, you know, preparing the lads for that game, you know, um, they're not going to go in blind. We've told them already, you know, that this, this, this is a tough game. You know, this is going to be a tough game. So That is New Cove Ramblers manager Darren Murphy, who has taken over as interim Cove boss um, after Stuart Ashton left the club during the week. Uh, they take on Liffey Wanderers in the FEL Cup at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Best of luck to Ramblers. As we said, best of luck to Cork City as well. We're hoping for a City win. Tough, tough game for them up in Sligo in the Cup tomorrow. And of course, we are hoping for the Cork footballers to get a victory in the Munster final, the big one tomorrow against Kerry Down in Killarney. We'll have reaction to all those games on the big red bench and also react to the Hurlers win today against Clare as well from 6pm tomorrow evening with Rory that is it from me for this evening have a great Saturday evening enjoy the uh, the last of the good weather and stand by for Stevie G on the way The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm